Welcome to the Lunacy Spire, Steven Universe fan podcast. This is episode 35. We will be talking about Keystone Motel, the second Stephen Bomb 3 episode. I'm GC13. I'm Ken. I am Dakota. And I'm Hunter. Who is back in the real way today. Woo! Hunter's back for the last time, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. So what did you guys think? We finally got to see some more Ruby and Sapphire in this episode. How were they? I really like their little conflict. I thought their relationship, as always, is really adorable when they get back together, but it was really compelling seeing them argue. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it interesting that they each had uh, their own respective fire and ice powers. Have we have we ever seen Garnet use that? Nope, not other than swimming in lava? No. Hmm. That's interesting that they like just pulled this out now. I was surprised by how powerful they are. You'd figure that being such diminutive, g- diminutive gems, they'd be... You know, rather weak, but they're very elementally strong. Hmm. So you're subscribing to the theory that size correlates with power for gems? Well, that's how it seems to have been in the past, but now I have to wonder. I think we have seen Garnet's elemental powers before, at least in regards to her gauntlets, because uh, Sapphire, or Ruby's gauntlet, it didn't have any gems on the fingertips. It was a really basic gauntlet. But Sapphire's, uh, or Garnet's, looks like, uh, what have some gems at each of the knuckles. That might be ice. Hmm. It's, uh, that seems like kind of a stretch, but yeah, I can see that. I can see that. What I think is interesting is that there was a leaker a few days ago who uh, commented on, like, the Steven Universe wiki and said exactly what happened in these first two episodes was going to happen. Hmm. So, like, there was a, it wasn't, it turned out to be true that Pearl was making the whole crystal thing and, that Ruby and Sapphire split up, and Sapphire had one eye, which is sort of awesome. Yeah, I called that. I totally called that. Yeah, that was a that was a fan favorite theory. I, yeah. I think I would have preferred her with two eyes, but that's what she just has one big one. Yeah. So I guess I was half right. As soon as she started crying, like from the middle, I was yeah, like, oh, then you one see eye, it one eye, one eye. <laughs> yeah. So I got to admit, also, I think I like Ruby better as a character. I still don't think we've got to see very much of her. We know that we know that it's confirmed from Jailbreak, or we've confirmed what we observed in Jailbreak, that Ruby is not good at handling stress. Yep. I mean, she is the eternal flame. Whereas, you know, Sapphire is more going for... She, she's up for the election for Ice Queen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In more ways than one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I would hold um, either Ruby or Sapphire above the other. They were they were very di- they were di- very different, almost incomparable. Um, I mean, not characters. necessarily try and compare them like this one is better, that yeah. one is better. But what I thought was interesting was as of Jailbreak and seeing their designs, but not knowing much about their characters, I thought I was going to like Sapphire better as a character, and I definitely like Sapphire's design better. But like mm-hmm. now that we've gotten to see some kind of extended interaction from them, and we've seen a little bit of character building as a character, I prefer Ruby. Like she's she's very interesting. Granted, I think like seeing a character just completely be like really rash and like that all of the time, it would probably get old. But I don't know. I found her more interesting than Sapphire. Mm-hmm. See, I still prefer Sapphire because she takes the long view. She she understands that this is this is just temporary, and we really don't have to worry except. Because she, she knows that it's all going to work out, that as, as as uncomfortable as everybody is, everything will go back to how it used to be. She just was kind of ignoring how uncomfortable everybody was. Mm. See, I don't know that I liked that. I think that, like, that really long-sighted, let's do this in the future, let's look only in the future, and then only realize, hey, the present exists at the very end of the episode, that kind of bothered me some. 
it almost makes Sapphire a less well, not almost. It does make her a less relatable character. Um, and I'm not saying that Ruby is necessarily the most accessible character because like very few people are just always that angry. But I feel like she felt more human, you know, like more. Well, accessible. Sapphire recognized what she was doing as a flaw. So she she did recognize that she shouldn't always think like that. But, you know, Ruby is just really upset about something that I think that she should kind of let go on. As Sapphire is like, this anger is not productive. They do have other things to worry about. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually inclined to disagree with the moral of this episode. I think Sapphire had it right the entire time until the end. Just look into the future. If it's going to pass, then it's going to pass. But that's my opinion. Wow, Ken and I agree on something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I mark can, this, mark this one down. This does not happen often. Like, the, yeah, I do, I do agree with the sense of Sapphire, um, but just the fact that it, it didn't look like she was allowing herself to at the very beginning. She wasn't allowing herself to really feel like she was just sort of repressing. That's how that whole icy room happened. She was just burying and like bottling up all everything that she wanted to sort of let out and that was just seeping through in her ice powers you know yeah that's because she mentioned that she was seething with rage just like ruby was yep and that that was the whole that that, oh go ahead no i'll wait till you finish your thought but then i have a question all right Uh, i i'm i think just like the whole point of this episode was to show how each uh how both ruby and sapphire not only complete each other but how difficult it would be for them uh, outside of each other you know they're very like far ends of the spectrum and when they come together they find a very good balance okay so my thought is this obviously ruby has heat powers and sapphire has ice powers ice powers i hesitate to say fire powers for ruby i'm just going to say heat because obviously she was giving off a lot of heat and sapphire was making things very cold do you think that's just an inherent part of them or do you think that was just part of their emotional state like if they were split up and ruby and sapphire were in good moods do you think that sapphire was still going to make everything cold and ruby would still make everything really hot i'm assuming that that was just because of their moods yeah i think it was their powers uh being controlled by their emotions i mean there's definitely a read there that they probably would make things slightly hotter or slightly colder but their emotions made things a whole lot worse than they were but I, I mean, I really don't know because on one hand, if I mean they were kind of upset in jailbreak, but less more it was more of a like this is a stressful situation we got to find each other and less of a um, I'm mad at you kind of thing. Well, in the diner, they had both calmed down enough to not be using their temperature control powers. Yeah, they were trying to be civil at least, but you know, I don't. That's true. I I, def- I definitely think that it was a mental state that caused their powers to go out of whack. But can we talk about Sapphire not even acknowledging the fact that she's making the room so unbearable for Stephen to live in? I mean, she's got to be making it below zero in there. Yeah. And Stephen's in a bathing suit, and she's not even apologizing for the cold. I mean, she has the foresight to know what channel he'd like and how little he'd like it, but not to notice that she's making him cold. I think she noticed it. I think she noticed it. I just... I, and just realize that saying something would do nothing? Yeah. Because I, it was inevitable. Sapphire is definitely the quiet part of Garnet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is definitely their patience. <laughs> and I think Ruby showed off that fury, for yeah. sure. So in a past episode, I noted that it was possible that 
the reason that their gems were where they were was because on the home planet they were kind of artisans. I don't see Sapphire so much as an artisan anymore. I mean, I guess it's still possible for Ruby, but even that I'm less inclined to believe, like, she'd be patient enough to build something. I think, like, I don't know, I think it's pretty clear that whatever Sapphire's role was on Homeworld, it was more of, like, an oracle, like, let's figure out what's going to happen yeah. and you plan this out, that out, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, hmm. she could float, so... Yeah, that that's that was an interesting thing that I didn't expect, that she can float. That's That's rad. Yeah, I don't think I don't think any of us knew if she would keep her legless aspect or if she, she would grow legs for this episode. Uh, looks like Sapphire just doesn't usually like to have legs. Hmm. Maybe she just doesn't have them. I mean, she could have them. Oh yeah, if she she, she could. She could. Sugar I did guess. that like fan art or not fan art. Sugar did that illustration of Ruby and Sapphire yeah. in shorts. So is it fan art when you make it for your own character? No, I corrected it. No, that's not. I don't know I why mean, I said that. No, I'm just thinking maybe how, how could she not be a fan of Steven Universe? I mean, if if the show is only going to have one fan, yeah, but it it's canon. Her. It's canon because she created it, so it's not really fan yeah. art. I mean, is it art? Oh yeah, but it's not fan art. But if she made if she made a drawing of Greg arm wrestling Popeye the Sailor Man, you could not tell me that's canon. <laughs> that is totes canon. Uh, where exactly does Steven Universe take place? Delmarva. Which where? is kind of like Maryland. Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. Uh, oh, of course, of, right, ne- of right next to the Keystone State. Yep. Is is there a reference I was missing? Because they, they, they seem to really want me to know about the Keystone State. Mentioning it like three times in a row. I have well, to, I had, to, I had I, to look it up, but... I'd assume anyone who lived there would be familiar with that, with the state's nickname. But what I thought was interesting, though, was Pearl was like, oh, you're going to the Keystone State. Like, she is used to our world, where that's not its actual name, just its nickname. And Greg's like, yeah, the state that's name is, that's name is Keystone. Yeah, I, what, what, what exactly are they referring to? Pennsylvania's nickname in our world is the Keystone State, but in Steven Universe... It's just named Keystone. I did not know that. Okay. All right. And that's then. that's why I thought it was strange that Pearl's like, oh, you're referring to a state with that nickname. And Greg's like, no, I'm referring to a state with that name. Very suspicious. All right. And yet, and yet Kansas has the same name. Kansas. Good old Kansas. Kansas. You think we're going to see Kansas in, um, what is it, tomorrow's? No, no, that's Thursday. Thursdays, okay. Alright, let's go to Kansas. Still waiting on figuring out what Texas's name is in this universe. Oh, they probably called it Lone Star. No, it, no it's, it's, it's pronounced Homeworld. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All Homeworld gems are from Texas. <laughs> bang, bang. Well, well, that explains why Jasper is so big then. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. Jasper's a Texas name. Well, how do they are, Jasper? <laughs> like that? Yeah, Yellow Diamond just... <laughs> yeah, Yellow Diamond has the thickest drawl. She needs other people to translate what she's saying for non Everyone else calls her Yellow Diamond, but that's not her real name. You know what her real name is? Yellow Diamond? Yeller, Yeller Diamond. Uh, here, I was thinking you were going to make a Yellow Can Rose Can we please joke. add another member who's not from Texas? Just someone. <laughs> no! We have the, no, in yeah, fact, we have the, we have the, in fact, Ken, you're off the podcast, unless you moved to yeah, Texas. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have a Texas majority. Uh, 
Probably not a good thing. Probably a great thing. Yep. Yellow Diamond always getting upset. People calling her Yella. Yellow. No, that's what she prefers. Yellow Diamond. I ain't Yella. This is Peridot. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> that's why Peridot was dressed as a cactus. She's from Texas. It all, <laughs> it all makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. So we, we've learned that Stephen has not yet been exposed to very many forms of pizza. Just... Just another way to show that Steven has a long way to go before he's ready to represent Earth. Oh man, yeah, he needs to get some deep dish. Greg had some uh, pretty killer lines in this episode. He oh, did. Yeah. He did. I, I love the going to meet a man from the internet thing. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not back in an hour, call the police. <laughs> just so non, just nonchalant. It was so great. Well, he wasn't an ex-murderer. Also, does he look a little different to you? He was wearing a shirt this time. Yeah, he was wearing, like, sleeves. Okay, okay, okay. That that was it. Because there was something that I couldn't put my finger on. I thought he had, like, dyed his beard or something. I guess they finally they finally got tired of people complaining about his tan line. They're like, see, he does wear shirts with sleeves. Yep. Greg I mean, is he, into he the whole merman trend, so he was trying out a different colored beard, but he wanted to start slow. Uh, I get you. I get you. But yeah, you, you have to wear a shirt in Keystone. Have y'all, have y'all seen that? The merman, The merman trend? Nope. Merman? Never heard of it. Super yeah. cool. Like, guys are dyeing their hair and their facial hair all these crazy, like, neon colors. It's great. What does that have to do with merman? Yeah, what the heck? Hush. Shush. It's just what it's called. Hey. No, is is that like a myth that mermen, like, men of the mer? Hunter. Hunter. (laughs) Deal with it. Was... Was there like was there an origin story where a glow stick factory dumped all of its waste into the ocean, <laughs> and the mer people just they went crazy with it? Listen, hair dye was on sale at Walmart, and Poseidon decided and he was going to have some fun, and they just stayed yeah, with it. The two fatal flaws of mermen, one of which they can't pass up a good deal. <laughs> so when, when when everybody saw Stephen go out to, to the pool with Ruby, who figured, oh, she is so going to boil that? Um, I didn't see it I coming, I, but I wasn't surprised. I didn't see it coming either. I, I honestly I thought that, that like Stephen was going to have a heart-to-heart. I was and I we, was surprised that she boiled it so quickly. I thought it would be like a time passes and then the, the pool's gone, but... Yeah, it's like, oh, that 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 water is is not surviving. That that water is getting transformed into a gas. Very much that is what is happening. Also, um, who storyboarded this one? Let's see. Ms. Sugar was on the team. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, and then it was Raven and Paul. All right. What else have they done? Frybo. Fry. Okay, that Need makes. Need I yep. say more? Very particular animation style. Does anyone else get a Gravity Falls feel from this episode? Like the backgrounds and the pine trees. It. It felt very Gravity Falls to me. Didn't uh, didn't a new Gravity Falls thing come out? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday? Oh, God, I gotta get on that. So, I, w- I was talking about yesterday. Which fusion do you think we're going to end this week with, Sardonyx or Opal? And I think we can say pretty clearly that we're well on our way to having the Friday episode feature Sardonyx again. You think so? I actually disagree a bit. I, I did a little more thinking. Um, originally, yes, <laughs> I did say... Uh, that we would end with, with Sardonyx, that's a logical thing. You know, it's named the Sardonyx Steven Bomb. But I think we could also go down with a little arc of Amethyst and Pearl learning to find their find themselves as powerful and, like, that whole power within thing and forming yeah. uh, Opal 
uh, saying is um, sort of like we don't we don't need to depend on Garnet just to have us have ourselves feel strong. That's that's still what I'm hoping happens, but because it would make it would be so perfect, and you could see them kind of bonding a little bit. You yeah, know, Pearl and Amethyst are talking when when Garnet comes back. Also, I didn't mention it yesterday. Amethyst was really mature last episode. Yeah, like surprisingly so. Like props on you. Like that's rad, real rad. <laughs> So hopefully, hopefully, per- hopefully she can help Pearl out. But I don't think we're going to see Opal. I don't think we're going to see Opal. But I also don't think we're going to see Sardonyx. I think that if anyone is going to end the Stephen Bomb episode with this focus on fusion and the sacredness of fusion, I mean, come on, it's going to be Malachi and it's going to be Lapis and Jasper defusing, uh, Jasper going home or causing some kind of other destruction or whatever, and Lapis talking through the issues. I mean, I think that, like, obviously, we're using these first few episodes to discuss, like, the role of fusion, the relationships among the gems. But, I mean, come on, that mystery episode, it's gonna be Malachite. I don't know. I've seen the summary, and I don't see much room for Malachite to get in there. I don't think we're gonna resolve Malachite until the middle of the season, when they get their two-parter in. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it right now. Lapis is going to be our martyr. Lapis is going to die. Uh, I hope not. Uh, she's too beloved while also being too quote-unquote innocent. Hunter? Lapis did Hunter. nothing wrong! Hunter. Shh. To Jesus. not, to Jesus. not Hunter. be like taken a- Hunter, listen to me. Are you listening? I'm listening. Are you listening? I'm listening! You will never say such venomous, blasphemous <laughs> things. No, stop. In my presence again. Do you understand? Lapis is a terrible character, and I want her to die. I, I can You're see why some me. people f- can. Okay, I, Ken, do, can. Do you want me to bring out the W word again? Because I will. You're dead to I me. I don't know what word you're what? referring to. Lumbo? but I was kidding. Okay, I was good. just trolling. Because because Lapis is like well, yeah. Can, Lapis is awesome. Lapis is great. Can, Lapis is love. I, Lapis is life. Ken, I do. I definitely do get where you're coming from, though. Of like, she definitely did try to kill. But I, I don't know. It, Lapis is Lapis yeah. is a complex character to feel. Lapis out. was just going through a lot of stuff then. <laughs> she, I was just trolling. Uh, I don't have strong opinions about uh, Lapis other than the ones I've already expressed. I, I have I have not met a gem yet that I do not like, except maybe Ruby. She's kind of like always on. I like Ruby. No, okay, no, that's not fair. The, that's not fair. We've only seen Ruby in two contexts when, you know, she got abducted and forcibly split apart from her lover. And yeah. this one where she was really mad about, like, Pearl janking with her fusion swag. I, I guess I'm just being too harsh on Mini Mom number one. I don't know. I like that bit at the end. And I'm still going to stand by it. I'm still going to stand by it. Yeah, Ruby was as smooth as, like, peanut butter. Oh, oh, she was oh, yeah. she was running the smooth game hardcore. <laughs> she was like she a Vaseline truck crashed into a group of fifties performance Elvis artists going to like the ocean. <laughs> a yep. Smooth jazz concert. Smooth yes, there we go. That's probably a better comparison. Yep. She was like mm-hmm. a Vaseline truck crashed in full, into a van full of smooth jazz performers, and they still went on. Smooth. She was she was Bruno Mars in a big old tub of butter. <laughs> Smooth. Laffy Saffy. Oh, I love it so much. They were <laughs> adorable. 
Oh, or maybe great. just regular adorable. No really dork elements there. So how much do you th- how much do you think Ruby's damage to the booth cost, Greg? I mean, um, I'm gonna say forty five. Forty five. Okay, so so you don't think you, you still think the trip was a win for him for the those cheap car wash brushes? Oh, absolutely. Car wash brushes are expensive in this kind of economy. Okay, I really you gotta you gotta think like <laughs> what he did pay. I don't know. I think since Greg is going through that uh, merman phase, that he also can't pass up a good deal. But I think that that overpowered his uh, sensibility in which that he didn't think. Oh well, I'm gonna be paying for a motel. Uh, I'm gonna be paying for the gas to get there and come back. So really, I think he broke even. You know what's kind of surprising? That he actually bought a motel when he always just sleeps in his van. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he's with his little bud. Like, why would he bother paying for a motel? Well, Steven sleeps in his van too. Remember in Story for Steven? That is that is a plot hole. You know, why? Oh. We're going to have I mean, motel maybe they just now. wanted to take a shower. Oh, you know what? He got the brushes, so like he was probably storing them back there. No, he st- he put them on the top of the van. Yeah, but you're not going to leave thing, them out there maybe, overnight. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Greg is starting to live it up a little. You know, he's wearing a regular shirt, and his van his van <laughs> doesn't get free ice, so yeah. he has a reason to upgrade. Yeah, like that's, that's true. I think yeah. I just love how staying in a motel and wearing a regular shirt are like <laughs> living it up for Greg. <laughs> He's really just like living above his means when he does that. <laughs> living the high life. He's Greg making it rain, throwing a bucket of pennies. <laughs> All those guitar lessons pan pan for his regular shirts. Yeah, yeah, you know. Greg's it's making paper now. So did anybody think it was funny where Steven mentioned that the car wash brushes don't feel good against fur? Yeah, I thought that was weird. What? I like that little nod. He said they don't feel good against your fur. Well, yeah, because he was talking he about cat fingers. car wash as a cat monster, remember? Oh! In the oh! Fur. It was so oh, yeah. subtle, too. <laughs> God, I feel stupid. Oh, boy. I, I, I... I got like the vague sense that he was referring to Lion, but no, okay, I get you. That, oh, wow. you think you think Stephen and Lion are fusing behind Greg's back? No, I just like I I figure like somebody's got to give Lion a bath, and he's he's uh, too big it. for the bathtub. Oh, Stephen <laughs> is the cute. kind of person who would get out one of those little wash tubs and have Lion put one paw into it and then <laughs> wash him from there. I want that to be a comic. Probably is somewhere. I just want to briefly mention that I really appreciate how well and maturely, at least for a children's television show, this uh, TV show always handles relationships and dealing with interpersonal issues and problems. I think this episode is a really great example of the way that Ruby and Sapphire are able to eventually, like come to a conclusion with their problems and everything is okay. And then they're starting the process of working towards being able to forgive Pearl. It's not easy. It's not something that comes simple to people, but if you just uh, stick with it and relationships mean enough to you, then you'll be able to get through it. And this is the type of thing that other children shows, if they even bother to do them at all, definitely don't do this well. Yep. Steven Universe has relationships pegged. I agree with you. Slight counterpoint. I wish they hadn't wrapped it up so quickly. I think it was really natural because Steven made it seem like he was concerned that it was his problem. And that's what made them really think about, like, what are we doing? But they did fall into the trope of, like, end of the episode, everything's okay. I mean, everything obviously isn't okay because there's still that Pearl drama up in the air. And they made just a little bit of progress there. But you would think that, like, 
for two gems who have been presumably fused for thousands of years until like something made them really mad or, or whatever the case may be, you know, they could afford to stay upset at each other longer than just two days. And that was not the case. I mean, all they were upset with each other over was how they should be mad at Pearl. Yeah. Sapphire thought True. that they should be mad in a way where they just get along anyway, but Ruby's like, no, we have to rage at her. Yeah, it, it was a double anger thing going on. You know, they were upset about what Pearl did, but on top of that, they were upset with each other, which I guess caused that split. I mean, you're not wrong. So, I mean, it makes yeah. sense that they were able to wrap this one up fairly quickly once Stephen kind of put the catalyst out there. It's like, then they realized See, that's the that only reason. That is the only reason I accept them wrapping it up as quickly as they did. Because Stephen obviously got upset, and they were concerned about his well-being. And then Sapphire, like, had to examine what she was doing when Stephen thought that it was his fault. I mean, I, th I think the show would benefit from being, like, 16 minutes long instead of 11 minutes long sometimes, but they do very well with the format. I don't think so. I don't think five minutes more of, like, conflict between Ruby and Sapphire would have, like, made me more satisfied. I think maybe ending the episode with, like, a begrudging, okay, where do we go from here, rather than a, you know, smooth-talking Ruby, I think it would have been a little bit more happy with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I still agree with Ken that they really did just handle this incredibly maturely and really well. And it really is a complicated issue. But, I mean, if we want to continue seeing fusion as a correlation for intimacy, rather that be sexual intimacy or just, you know, a relational intimacy, then that's a really big deal. Pearl was funkin' with, like, Ruby and Sapphire's intimacy with one another, you know? And while, yeah... It's definitely, they both admitted that they were upset about it and Sapphire was just ha trying to handle it in a different way. It doesn't seem like that's something that you could just roll over in the course yep. of, like, two days, you know? The only thing that I will say that this episode kind of did, as other episode cartoons do when dealing with relationship issues, is that it just wrapped everything up so quickly and succinctly, and that's not how it works. I believe things could be wrapped up, like, with this specific issue. I don't really think it was as big of a deal as you're making it out to be. Uh, but I mean, I guess that's just a disagreement we can have. I mean, but I do wrong. think an extra five minutes per episode would solve most of my remaining issues with this show. I mean, not even on every episode, just on some of them. Like, if they had more flexibility, if they didn't have to make the show for time slots, if they had the freedom Bravest Warriors had, for instance. Yeah, exactly. They're just making it for the internet so they can make each episode exactly as long as they want it. But talking about this has kind of made me think, Steven Universe is a show that really goes against the status quo is God trope, and yet with Garnet, that trope still holds firm. I mean, she unfuses in this episode, but you know she's going to fuse right back again by the end of the episode. I mean, can you imagine half a season with Ruby and Sapphire separated? I would love that so or much. Or heck, half a season with, Gar with uh, Opal and... With Opal being formed by Pearl and Amethyst? Hmm. See, as of yesterday, there, it was something I was playing with in the back of my head. What if Pearl and Amethyst did fuse and we got, like, an arc that had Opal in all these different episodes? Obviously not for the entire season. Um, I mean, it would be cool, but can you imagine that happening? I can't. The only reason I'll say I can't is because we got this new intro so recently and it has all of the gems individually. That's yeah, the only reason I can't. I wouldn't want to see them for, like, an entire season or even half a season, but, like, four or five episodes where, you know, Opal is Opal instead of uh, Pearl and Amethyst, I would really like that. And, you know, the same with Ruby and Sapphire. If they had stayed mad at each other 
for a few episodes that they didn't reform Garnet, but they did mostly smooth over being upset with each other. I would have really liked that too, because I think that it would have, um, okay. So Ken, you're probably right in saying I am making a bigger deal about the conflict than I should be, but I don't think my, my beef is really with their conflict. And I don't think the conflict was really all that big of a deal. My concern was they went from like Sapphire having this cold shoulder, just saying she will get over it, and Ruby being completely enraged, to being lovey-dovey really quickly. And it doesn't seem like if it was an issue with their relationship, that that's something that could be completely smoothed over so quickly, and then just say, okay, we'll just we'll just be mad at Amethyst. Sure, they could like work through things slowly, but I would have rather seen like a little bit more lingering. We still have things we need to work out. Dakota, you like pop songs, right? I do. So I'm just thinking of hot and cold. We fight, we break up, we kiss, we make up. <laughs> you don't really need to stay. No. Garnet really just has to go for a few episodes at least. And then I mean hot and cold, Ruby and Sapphire. I mean, I'm just saying I don't know if it was intentional. But... I'm sorry, what year is this? And we're making... Um, it's like what? 2005, right? That is all for tonight. Thank you for coming. <laughs> This has been the Lunar Ceasefire Podcast. I'm GC13. I was Ken. I'm Dakota. And I'm Hunter. Uh, later, kiddos. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. Thank you for listening. No, you just really want to go. Oh.